Hello and a big welcome back to WA Real. I'm your host, Bryn Edwards. As I said before, WA Real is here to bring you real stories from fascinating people right here in Western Australia. And today is very much a continuation of that. My guest today is Matt Hale, stage hypnotist and author of the upcoming book, Mind Hacking Happiness. Now, normally at this stage, I would uh, give a brief potted history of people's background <laughs> yes, uh, and, and all of that. But I started delving into your background, Matt, and um, certainly let's go pre-hypnotism. <laughs> um, it's like, you know, DJing on Greek islands, breakfast radio in the UK, yes. and then do the same in yeah. 96 FM here in Channel, um, yeah, Channel 9. Just, do you want to give us a brief... Intro. My goodness, that could take forever, couldn't it? Yeah, it's, right, one of those, it's one of those things where I still say, I don't know what I want to do when I grow up yet. Yeah. So, uh, but um, no, I, yeah, I kind of, I guess I was always kind of, uh, kind of entertainment focused. You know, when I, when I was 15, I started uh, DJing uh, kind of events at schools and stuff like that. Yeah. And, and then even before I was old enough to drive, I had my dad driving me around uh, to different events. And then I started becoming in, uh, involved in radio kind of community radio even when i was 15 that that led into uh working in clubs once i was 18 with with the the dj kind of scene and it was just as house music was really breaking through i was a big kind of club music kind of fan so uh that led through to me not going to university when i had a spot because i kept getting offered these uh, nice gigs overseas i was actually gonna do media studies all right yeah yeah I, i was kind of always media and entertainment focus i guess but uh, that I, that never worked out because i kept delaying that oh just defer for another year yeah. and then in that year something else exciting would be on the table like, okay cool i've got a chance to go and this. dj in ibiza or or you know radio show or whatever it was yeah so that was kind of how it progressed until probably mid-20s yep uh, then i i managed to get a, a really great radio gig in the uk and uh that then led to me working in radio for many years and then I, I moved over to Australia for a love Perth interest. for a long time yeah for love interest yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. the one that didn't work out though right okay. but, it brought you here. <laughs> but that's how I ended up here in WA and yes I, I, I you know I, I worked in the media in WA for a long time uh, but about probably about 10 years ago I took a year off to travel the world again uh, with my uh, wife and during that year, because you know you can't hold a media job for a year, so I had to resign. Yeah. And everyone was, "Why are you quitting to go around the world for a year? What are you doing?" Yeah. Uh, but during that year, which some very strange things happened during that. Um, yeah. If anyone wants to look up, cra- if anyone wants to look up crapelvis.com, there is still a web- website, right. but that's another rabbit hole to go down to. Uh, but uh, then, when yeah, during that year, I, I, I had a great little chance to think. When I came back from that, I didn't necessarily have to jump back into the media. I could mm. uh, reinvent myself or, or follow something which had been a passion or interest for, for many years, which had been the mind and how it works and hypnosis. Right. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Does that bring you almost up to speed? It does. Welcome <laughs> to the show, Matt. Thanks. <laughs> cool. So um, when you tell people you're a, a hypnotist, yes. surely what's the reaction you get? Actually, it's quite funny because... There's a They're range. Wary. There's a range. Yeah, there's. A, you get some people who are like hyper wary of you. You know, you could be having a great conversation, and then someone will say, "Oh, you know, Matt's a hypnotist," and they suddenly change. Right? Yeah. Uh, so if if I if I come across that kind of person who the moment you say you're a hypnotist, they say, "Oh, you're not trying to do something to me now, are you?" Yes. Well, it's at that point that I actually kind of gently lean over, I tap them on the shoulder, and look them mis- mysteriously, mysteriously in the eye, and go, yeah. "No, of course I'm not. Just a mess. Just a mess with their mind, right?" <laughs> Awesome. But uh, no, I get, I get a lot of the cliche things like, 
oh, don't turn me into a chicken. Um, but all that cliche stuff was stuff I was never interested in. So right, yeah. from, right from the start, I started to brand my shows were 100% chicken free. And, you know, we, we did away with any like swinging watch or you know, yeah. mysterious stare. You know, I, I kind of wanted to show how, you know, it, hypnosis is pretty much something we all use in different terms under different yeah. names um, and it's not mysterious it's just the way your mind can work so yeah I'm going to yeah. ask you a bit about that yeah absolutely minute. yeah yeah super so um, you mentioned you had a year out what yes and, and I understand there was a link with hypnosis from a 21st birthday party. yes yes so what was it that made you think this is what I want to do and I'm going to go for it well I I had this interest, so when myself and my friend in the UK, uh, my best mate back then, we had a 21st party, and during that 21st party, we wanted to do something different, so we hired a hypnotist, not because that was a thing you did, it was because, hey, this would be crazy and different, and I took part in that show that he did, and I was a great subject, and I was fascinated. But it was at the end of the, you know, I was asking the guy, it was very, one of those cliched old school hypnotists, you know, oh, this is a paradise boy with, ooh, you know. Oh. And I was like, oh, okay, come on, no, now, come on, you know, so, you know, psychology, relaxation, suggestion, this is all meshing together. Um, but I was fascinated with what happened. So then I was kind of wanted to prod around more and dig around more. So I, I started to do that and I was, became fascinated with uh, the mind and memory, how you can achieve some incredible memory yep. feats, just by using techniques and uh, you know so it was, it was a, a real passion and, and interest however I was very lucky to have these other amazing things which were interests which became jobs you know like DJing in different places around yep. the world and and then working on breakfast radio and doing lots of bizarre things and so it was hard to kind of at that point give one of those up to to follow something which I would have to yeah, roll out into a job yes. uh, or, or look for a way to do that. So for many years, it just remained as a kind of a, a, a real interest in the background. And yeah, yeah we would muck around every now and then with it. But uh, it wasn't until I had that space of that year out to really think, do you know what? This has always been in the back of my mind. Now's our chance. Super. So mm. how did you how did you then go forwards with that? Uh, well, I, I <laughs> this is really interesting. I actually kind of booked a show before I'd actually even, you know, got a show together. You know, I started saying, oh, I'm going to be doing these shows. I'm going to be doing these hypnosis so, shows. So uh, you could do hypnosis at this point? Yeah, time. yeah. I mean, I've been hypnotizing people for quite a while. Oh, right. Just, okay. uh, you know, one-on-one, just mucking around, that kind of thing. Yeah. And but, how did you learn it? Uh, well, look, you know, initially from old books and talking to old hypnotists, that kind of thing. You know, it is a learned skill. And this yeah. is one of those... Uh, misconceptions that sometimes people have like how did you know you could do this well it, no you know it's it's a learned skill and just like playing the piano is a learned skill some people are better at it once you start to teach them that yep i was a terrible student of the piano or the guitar but i felt i was very i found i was very natural at hypnotizing people so yeah. you know whereas others find the nuances just don't click with some people so I found so what you know, is that naturalness. Though? I don't know. I, I, I guess it's definitely a certain um, few, maybe character traits. Maybe it, it, it's got to be. You know, you've got to obviously have a, a confidence, a certain way of presentation. Yeah. Uh, people have got to obviously have a, a belief in what you're doing, um, give you that kind of credence, um, and and then also the logistics of you know, what you need to do and how you need to say that and do that. You know, my whole 
my whole career had been about using my voice in different ways and it was just another way of using my voice right. um and you know i i don't when i hypnotize people now you know i don't use like you stare at this crazy thing and you know i use my voice as my focus point so right yeah you're still with me yeah <laughs> i'll be honest when when we when we arranged this there was a bit of me that thought oh, i end up gonna be hypnotized in the middle of this and then I won't know what goes on mm. until I actually put this thing yeah, on yeah. iTunes yeah. myself. That's why I don't remember that. Yes, we'll see. <laughs> so there we go. So um, you booked your first show. Yep. Before you knew what. Yeah, someone had heard that, you know, I, I hypnotised me. But they, oh, you do shows, don't you? And I was like, yeah, sure. Yeah, 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 I do. Yeah. So this yeah, is what the entertainer presenter review coming out. Yeah. And so that was when I basically was like, oh, now we've got two months to put a show together. So. Yeah, in that time, I put a show together. Yeah. And, yeah, we'll just, uh, you know, it's kind of strange the first time you do a hypnosis show because it's not like any other performance where you can, you know, you're practicing the mirror or, you yeah. know, if you're a singer, you can obviously make sure you sing the words correctly. But, you know, you really are, you know, have a, a, a line of people sat up on stage with you. And the first time you do it, you're kind of almost crossing your fingers thinking, geez, I hope this better, <laughs> this better work. <laughs> Otherwise, I'm going to look pretty stupid up here. But, uh, no, it was, kind of, it was uh, obviously... Led, led to where we are, I am today, you know, I've just got back from, you know, working on one of the biggest cruise ship companies in the world, you know, I do this thing, so it, it come a long way since yeah, that first show. Yeah, so. I gather it takes you all around the world. Yes, it I does, saw you yeah. little clip with Mike Tyson. Oh, yes, yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and going to Vegas and Yes, whatnot. yeah. Awesome. So, what, what do you typically do in these stage shows? Uh, well, the structure of it is basically I jump on stage and first of all, I, I spend the first couple of minutes just destroying any myth about the crazy things people have in their mind, like, you know, I'm going to control your mind, you know, yeah. or, you know, some strange shows that people have seen in the past where, oh, you know, they're doing really rude things. And no, I've always wanted to have a show which anyone who takes part feels proud that they took part in. They want to remember everything because it felt so good. Yeah. The audience are laughing at it because it's funny, but not they're not laughing at it because it's embarrassing. And I, I always wanted and thought it made sense to make sure that, hey, at the end of the show, wouldn't it be great if all the audience members were sat there going, oh, I wish I'd taken part in that rather right. than like, well, it was hilarious, but I'm glad it's not me up there. You know, that was a, a real distinction I wanted to make right from the start. And, and that leads through to today. You know, I, I work in the corporate arena heavily. And, um, all right. you know, that's, a, you, you know, doing uh, hypnosis shows for corporate events is, um, you know, you're dealing with all sorts of people across a wide range of mm. ages and backgrounds. And, uh, you know, it's got to be fun and all encompassing for anyone watching or taking part so cool mm. so you, you mentioned um you use your voice mm. um what for, for someone out there who who's only ever seen it like darren brown or yeah. somewhere like that yeah. and seen it as this you know scare, you know <laughs> mysterious mysterious yes. possibly <laughs> yeah. scary thing um, what exactly is hypnosis? What's the mechanics behind it? Well, I guess you can boil it down to a fairly simple thing. It's, it's almost concentrating, focusing on a suggestion so much that it starts to feel real at that moment. Right. And sometimes it's hard for people to kind of go, sure, why do these, you know, these people, are they just acting or this is, and no, and one of the easiest explanations I can give is like, you can go and watch a movie, right? And you can cry at a sad movie. You can your your heart can race in a in a yeah. scary movie. You can you can feel genuinely terrified. Yet these are not real situations. These are you know the, you know these are actors on a screen right reading a story. Uh, but yet you can produce real tears, real physical attributes from right. what's going on in your in your mind. 
It's exactly the same with hypnosis. We're creating such such the detail around the suggestion and such the focus on it that all those other things are like, why would I do that? Why would I think that? It's kind of quietened. And then right. the focus on that suggestion is so much at that moment that that belief becomes, I'm doing this, I'm feeling this, you know? It, it genuinely feels real. Wow. I'm trying to find... I, I'm finding it hard to actually picture how you get in that, but... Um, right, yeah. okay, yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah, so it, it's almost, like you say, the whole suggestions in your mind. It's just, it's just a... Pardon me. It's your subconscious mind that's filling in the gaps, is it? Yes, it is, yes. I mean, you're kind of quieting... You're quietening down, like, the conscious side, which is kind of present and you and you know if i if i said to you right now hey you're stuck to the chair you you, you all the all your thoughts would be well no yeah. not there's no glue on it or there's nothing why would that be this is my chair i could get up anytime but in that moment when you've just been so relaxed and so focused and we've got you into a point where you know each of these suggestions you're going to focus on so much it feels like this and i say now you're stuck to your chair suddenly your mind goes oh my goodness i'm stuck to my chair and it's filling in the likes what would that feel like and then you're like oh yeah i can't get up and then you, turn you could get up you know it's it's yeah it's your mind creates that moment for that time just like when you watch that movie and you're lost in that movie and you're crying when the dog's the dog's been lost doesn't come home and that kind of thing yeah yeah super so you mentioned your interest in the mind what is it that actually what is it that drives matt to be interested in in hypnotherapy? Um, well, I, I find it amazing that, you know, the way we think obviously permeates everything we end up doing. You know, obviously that's, a, that's an obvious statement. Yeah. But we don't think about that thinking often enough. Like, okay, so if I know that I have a certain pattern behavior, it's because I've set that pattern up uh, and then it's become automatic. Mm. So the easiest way to break that down is, uh, do, do you drive? Yes. Right, okay. So you know when you learn to drive, you have to think about each move. That was really complex and still is a complex thing to do, but you don't think about it now. So what happens is when you first learn to drive, you're like, oh, you've got to change gear, and then you're trying to get the clutch at the right you know, the yeah. right pressure and then the right revs, you've got to push it in, and then 50 meters, 100 meters, you've got to look in the mirror, put this signal on, and, and you would consciously do those things. Yeah. But each time you drove, you would get used to those things. And so to the point that, I don't know what point it was, but at some point your kind of subconscious mind went, oh, don't worry, Brent, I've got this. I'll run that for you now. So you can get in a car now. You can drive to where you're going. You can sing along with whatever's on the radio. You can talk on your Bluetooth to someone. Yep. And you'll get to where you're going. And you haven't actually had to think about that complex thing you're doing. Yeah. Does that make yep. sense? Absolutely. So all our patterns that we do now have been set up like that. You know, if I stand up right now, that's actually physically quite a complex thing to do you know if you try to stand a me-shaped object up right, yeah. you'd have to really try hard to balance that right yes. correctly yet i don't have to think about it. i did have to think about it when i was a kid as a baby you know i had to learn how to stand up and again at some point it went matt you don't have to worry about that i'll take care of that right that's uh, that's now subconscious thing you do so all these things happen like this so consequently we can now look at any pattern we do that you know you know I smoke 40 cigarettes a day. I just, uh, I just do, you know, I, I, yeah. I, I eat, you know, I eat a whole block of dairy meal. I, sh- I know I shouldn't, but I just do. I've been doing it for two years. Yeah. Well, that's just something you've set up. It's become a pattern. At some times in your life, those patterns have been correct. They've been <clears throat> fine for that time. But if they're not correct now, you simply got to make sure you, you know, consciously 
put a new pattern in there and, and get used to right. that new pattern and wait for that one to go, hey, don't worry, I've got this. This I'll run this one automatically for you. Yeah. Okay, so they're like strategies and, and, and patterns of behaviors. And, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I've always just found that fascinating, you know, and I've always found when I've seen people on the TV and on stage doing seemingly amazing things with their mind, I've always found it fascinating. Like, well, surely it's just, you know, they're not born with some abnormality, you know. Surely there's a technique behind that. And one of the first things that I I did with that realization was I saw a guy when I was very young, early 20s, um, who uh, shuffled a deck of cards or someone shuffled a deck of cards. He spent, you know, two or three minutes just looking at those cards and then was able to recount those in order, right? right? So he'd be able to say, yeah, three clubs, you know, ace of spades and blah, blah, and just go through, right? And get those correctly. And then he actually said, look, you know, this is just a technique I use and you can buy my book, which oh, explains sorry, it. Yeah. So I was like, right, I've got to get that book. And I, you know, I got this book. Consequently, mm. yeah, within a few weeks, I could do this thing which blew people away. I was like, no, it's just technique in this book, right? But yeah. You know, I think some people are just not as interested as I was. So yes. um, it's like, oh, I'm too hard. And sometimes the explanation of those things seem too hard to even uh, yeah. believe it could be true. But uh, yeah, hmm. do you do you have people who come to you privately to help? Describe? Yeah, I did. Look, I I I used to do that a lot more often. Uh, in, I used to kind of have a room where people would come and see me, a, a consulting room, um, helping various things. You know, and obviously the common ones are. Quitting smoking, losing weight, and the various phobias. Yeah. Uh, but uh, so now. And these are patterns of. Yeah, pain. yeah, yeah. You know, so, you know, those explanations of how the mind works, you know, come into a lot. And, you know, we, we show people how to reprogram those patterns and, mm. and, you know, make them feel good about it and understand why it's happening and not to berate themselves like, oh, I can't believe, you know, but why am I doing this? And it's just, yeah. well, you know, your mind's trying to do a good thing for you. You know, when it. Back when it started, when you took up smoking. It, it was it was doing it because you led it to believe there was a, a positive effect to that, and that was yes. making you feel part of a certain group or making you feel like you're a bit of a rebel at the time. Yes, and that was most people's positive uh, link to smoking. Right. You know, it, it, you know, it, they didn't really think about the the cancery bit, you know, yeah. in between, which was the conduit to that. Yeah, but then what happens over the years is. There's no, you know, there's no 35-year-old still smoking because they think they're sticking it to the man, right? They're yeah. like, you know, the, the pattern has remained, yes. but the meaning why they actually took it up in the first place has disappeared. So, okay. again, it's getting to understand, you know, your mind's still trying to do something good for you. You know, it's just yeah. that you so don't there really old, want that there, now. Um, like odd stories that sit underneath these these patterns of behaviours as well. Do you, is, it, is it interfering with the patterns or...? Is it interfering with the beliefs and stories that sit underneath? Oh, actually, well, the beliefs, yeah, the beliefs can be a big part of why people still do things, you know. The belief that it's hard to quit smoking, the belief you'll put weight on when you quit smoking, the belief that you'll become forgetful or whatever mm. it is. And, you know, there are, there are beliefs out there, but does anyone get on Google or look at all the scientific evidence to look at those and actually realise those are not true? They're just yeah. kind of hearsay and, you know. Because uh, sort of the, the belief domain or the belief realm is something that I find particularly interesting right because um, I started to I started to do some research and that led me to um, go and do an NLP practitioner course. right okay and we had yeah. my coach on here a few weeks back. yes and um, yeah I, I, I sort of came to the realization that is the, the beliefs and the stories that we tell ourselves end up shaping things 
and um yeah so as a hypnotist you deal with that as well or or is yeah, it abso- absolutely and behavioral and level as well no absolutely it's great and uh, you know there there's some sometimes it can just be without you strip away any of the actual kind of hypnotic or the mind focus part or any part of the session sometimes there's one there's just one little uh there's one little sentence which will suddenly shatter the way people were thinking and they're like oh yeah I can't believe, you know, like for a really good example of this is, you know, when people, um, I see a lot of people when I do a lot of group sessions now for, for weight management, for weight right. loss, right? And, you know, we talk about, you know, when you grew, when you were growing up, there was a belief, you know, that if you didn't finish the food on your plate that your parents would serve you, it would be a waste. Okay. You know, you might, and your parents yeah. might say, oh, you've got to eat that. There's kids starving in Africa or all this, this different kind of uh, variations of that. And so, you know, it's a waste if you don't eat it. And then we kind of take that through our adult life. But, you know, if you get to the point now where you're overweight, you've got a, twice the amount of food on your plate you should be eating. Mm. So that, you know, if you've eaten half that and you're kind of feeling pretty full, but there's still half on it, especially if you're a restaurant. Yeah. And you think, well, I'm not going to chuck in the bin because that'd be a waste. Uh, okay. So at this point, I, I tell people, well, look, you are absolutely correct. That would be no two ways about it. It's a waste. However, I would also suggest if you put it in your stomach when you've eaten way, way enough already. Yes. You are then starting to put more health problems in, in your body. By putting yep. more food in that you need, you're leading yourself down a path of you know, heart-related diseases and, and all sorts of weight-related diseases. Yes. So... Where would you rather it waste? Would you rather it waste in the bin yeah. or would you rather it waste in your body? Because either way, right. it's a waste. So things like that, think, little explanations nice of that is, is, yeah, absolutely. And sometimes that is just that section from a, a session. People will just completely like think, how was I so ridiculously? How did I not think of that? No. You know, yeah. It, but, yeah. It, and, and is this does this happen in a conversation or have you got someone in a trance or no no just yeah just in a conversation station. yeah absolutely you know the, and and this is what i'm saying we you know uh, a lot more of my sessions now we you know we don't call them hypnotic sessions you know yeah. it's a, a lot of the thing it's really about you know educating about how the mind works and what it's doing yes yeah. we can use some hypnotic techniques in that and it feels nice when you're relaxing and you can kind of block out a lot of Mm. other stimuli but um it's actually not necessary for some of those core things which can be the difference in how someone's mind and beliefs can suddenly flip to like oh yeah i'd never thought about it in depth right yeah (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. it it made once i got this um once this little nugget clicked for me that you know the beliefs and the stories that i tell myself in effect shape whether i'm going to be successful at something or not and how i shape stuff then i suddenly realized Jeez, how much have I been holding myself back? Yeah, yeah. You can tell yourself so many things and never question it. And, mm. you know, you can suddenly just stop and, and think, you know, is that really is that really true? You know, like I can sit on a plane. I, I fly over 100 times a year, right? And I can sit on a plane and we can hit the craziest turbulence. And, you know, if you fly 100 times a year, you're going to have that a few times, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I can sit next to someone who starts sweating profusely. They're gripping hold of the armrests. 
you know, they're just, their heart's racing. They're saying, oh, I can't, you know, in their mind, their belief, they've got this crazy picture going on in their mind, right? That, you know, something hideously is wrong with the plane. You know, the, the, the image they have of the pilots up the front, they're literally gripping onto the controls, just, yep. just trying to keep it in the air, right? Well, my belief, you know, and, and you know, I don't know yep. anything about flying. Yep. I know that's a, a thing that planes do. Yes. You know, hey, if I tell myself, it's been a quite a smooth flight up until now. I bet the pilots up the front, you know, cranking up the music, going, "Let's really liven this ride up, right?" You know, so you know that thought can make me smile, and I can be sat there as you know, calm as a cucumber, just thinking, "Oh, geez, I tell you what, it's just spilling my drink if I don't hold it." And the person next to me is just freaking out. So again, it's you know, framing things in your mind and and you know, realizing that the pictures you have in your mind really affect the way you think we, we say this thing you know, change the image you change the result yes we talk about that a lot right because you do you know if you change the pictures and you have you have in your mind that at some point in the future is going to change the way you do something or feel super so yeah i mean i i had the great analogy um sometimes it's like looking in the mirror expecting the reflection to smile before you do Mm. expect yeah, the yeah, world to great. change around you <laughs> that's great um, yeah so so with these weight loss programs uh, and what have you is it is it the losing the weight itself or is it often the stories and stuff that are going on underneath about so is it the losing weight that they're trying well, to suppose, achieve or they're trying to shake I the suppose, stories yeah well i suppose so, the losing weight is 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 the goal is yeah. the goal and and i suppose at one level is it the symptom of other stuff that's going along uh yeah or then it become a pattern? you know i mean there's there's obviously lots of reasons why you know you can have someone who's you know been an emotional eater you know, right. you know something's happened in their life and you know they they think they can comfort themselves with food it can be someone who used to eat an incredible amount but happened to also be a high level sports person and now they don't yep. train four times a week but they're still eating the eating same because that yeah because that pattern has been set up you know that's the way i eat that's how much i eat that's how much i put on my plate but suddenly if you're not burning all that off mm. you know that is gonna put you know <laughs> put extra weight on so there's lots of different reasons why obviously it, it, yeah. it creeps on uh but it's really you know it's really it still comes down to that same thing of like okay you know let's adjust your pattern again you know let's all yeah. not not let me adjust it let me show you what's going on and let me explain it and let me show you how you can easily go all right cool i'm gonna tweak that now for me mm. yeah so is this is what formed the foundation for your keynote speeches and and book with the mind hacking the status quo mind hacking happiness yeah i see what i started to do over the last few years is i, I i've definitely become more involved in um, probably at these seminars where we're teaching people different ways to look at things, change certain things. Now, it, you know, on, on one level, it can be, uh, I, I've been flying around to, to do these corporate sessions where I might have 50 to 100 people in a weight management session for, for a big corporation, you know. Right. Um, I would do some quit smoking ones for, you know, 30, 40 people, that kind of thing. And then I might do uh, something on how you can change the way you uh, are more likely to find opportunities in business, the change the way you work in business uh, in terms of getting kind of better results, but with the same effort, simply by being more aware of certain things. And again, creating these patterns in the background that work yes. for you. You know, if you have an idea 
uh, of where you want to be, how you want to get to, if you give it some thought. Um, at some point, the more you think about that, it's going to kind of embed itself in your mind. You know, I, I bet I can ask you a, a, a certain song from 20 years ago that you've, you would have hated. Yet if I say, remember that song? And you could probably sing the chorus to it, right? And we, we all do that. Something will come on and you're like, remember every word of it. Now, if we can do that with things that we have no need of knowing, how amazing it is if we actually do that with things that we do want to have retained in our mind right. and direct our energy and attention to you know so you know and and yes so you're correct so alongside of the entertainment side and you know that entertainment side is not going away you know i i i I, I you know i I really love it right but i i've i've found a a really great uh sense of achievement and um happiness myself with doing these new kind of presentations and so yeah the the mind hacking in the status quo where we, we we teach you know uh same results uh, yeah. sorry better uh, better results same effort and that, that kind of thing it's it's great because it's still just using the things i already know but yet these you know i get these lovely emails from people who it's, it, it wasn't just a laugh on a night yeah it was something that's changed their life this but this, it's and it's just pure shows or, or sorry I, i'm saying it's the laughs on the night and the yeah. happiness on the night of a show is fantastic. And, and, and it's lovely when I have people say, you know, I've not seen my husband laugh like that for, you know, two years. You know, thanks for such a great night or whatever it is. But also, you know, people who take part, it's like, I've never felt that relaxed for, I've never yeah. been able to switch off for that night. But on the other side of things, when we do these other presentations, there's more of these keynote styles and these seminars, you know, that is truly life-changing for some people, you know, yeah. to suddenly be off smoking from yeah. a pack a day for, for 30 years um, or to suddenly be able to, you know, change the way they look at their business, but yet still not have to put any extra effort in, but still suddenly seem they're, they're more aware of their opportunities around them, you know, and they're, they're suddenly earning more or getting more contracts, getting more clients, making yeah. more sales. You know, it, it's truly life changing for people. So it's, I just thought, well, I know how to do this. Mm. All I've got to do is tell people how to do it. I now ha- I know how to entertain. So let's put, ra- let's wrap all this educational stuff up, up in an entertaining form, and uh, yeah, people seem to seem to dig it. <laughs> dig it, cool. And what's sort of, and, and and these uh, seminars? They go for what days or no, 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 no. no you know, uh, yeah, anywhere from forty five minutes to an hour and a half. Wow. Yeah, yeah, we can change someone's life in an hour and a half. Absolutely. Wow. Yeah, that's interesting. You know, if you can change a big pattern like that in like half an hour to 45 minutes, yet you hear other people say, oh, I've always been like this. Yeah, I know. Yeah. 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 That's full on. Yeah. I've always been like this. So, so obviously it's going to take a long time to change. There's a belief that you're telling yourself. Where's your proof that it's going to be hard to change? You know? Indeed. So. Wow. Let's dig up, let's dig up five very quick examples of people who managed to change something very quickly. Oh, there they are. You know, it really is as easy as that, you know? Superb. So where do you want to where do you want to go with these seminars? And you obviously got the book coming out. So. Yeah, yeah. So the the mind hacking happiness. I I really love. Um, I, I have a good sense of fun about my life in general. I don't take too much seriously. You know, I obviously yep. take my take my work seriously. Yeah. But I I I just think you know you have got to have a lot of fun. And so I think moving forward, if I can bring a sense of fun and educate in yep. the same in the same arena. Hey, that's really great for me because it helps people. Yeah, I still kind of get to muck around a little bit. Yeah. Um, we all have a great time. Uh, 
but yeah, I, I guess rolling more of those out. You know, I, I initially it was something that I was kind of doing as a bit of a sideline alongside the entertainment, but uh, now you know we've kind of completely branched. So this is a fully fledged separate business in itself now. Yeah. Awesome, awesome. So um, can someone hypnotise themselves? Absolutely, self hypnosis. How do you do that? Uh, well, look, this this is also quite an interesting thing because. People do it all the time anyway. They just don't right. call it that, right? Okay. Uh, you've probably heard examples of... Um, I mean, you're an ex-rugby player, right? Yes. Right. You've probably heard examples of incredibly big, important games where the game's finished and you found there was some key player has played through the most incredible amount of pain or even a, a fracture without realising it, yet once once the game's over and all that adrenaline and the thought and the focus is gone, suddenly like realise... Oh, Jeez, look, I can't believe it. There's a big gash in my leg or, or, yeah. or I've actually fractured something. And, you know, we hear that from time to time. And that is really someone self-hypnotizing. They've put themselves in the zone. You know, athletes say this all the time. Yes. You know, I, I just get myself in the zone before the game. You know, I blank out everything. Yeah. They are focusing on something. You know, we may call it uh, visualization. Excuse me. Yeah. Um, there's a golfer called Jason Day. And I'm, I'm, I'm not into golfing, but I love this guy because... Uh, you will see him take a shot. You know, you'll see him on the TV. He, he, he became world number one a couple of years ago, Aussie guy. Yet before every shot, he, he actually closes his eyes. He visualizes the shot, how he wants to right. see it happen. You know, how he wants to stand, how he wants to swing, the, the pace, the angle, all those things. Then he opens his eyes, boom, takes that shot. He's already set his mind up how he wants that to feel. He's self-hypnotizing, you know. Right. We do it all the time, you know. So for for me, if I if I want to frame it like really traditional self-hypnosis, well, I will basically relax myself. I'm also going to tell myself um, this is I want to this is what I want to focus on for the next uh, few minutes, and in ten minutes I'll open my eyes and I'll feel fantastic. Um, and so relaxing myself out down, just cutting out. You know, thoughts of everything else around me and start directing my thoughts to around something I want to achieve and filling in the detail, you know, really seeing, you know, seeing what it would look like in my mind, feeling what that would feel like, you know, hearing the things around me or the responses around me, filling all that detail again. That's me self-hypnotizing um, and my brain becomes more attuned to feeling that way. Right. Feeling that pattern, you know, I'm forcing a new pattern. I do yeah. that multiple times it becomes the pattern that kind of suddenly goes, oh, Matt, come on, I've got this. You don't have to worry about doing that. Yeah. I'll do that one for you now. So we really can ourselves begin to shape Absolutely. our own patterns. Absolutely. And, and there's a lot of people who do it naturally and don't call it that, you know. Yeah. You know, in business, you'll, ha- you'll hear some- you see someone say, hang on, I'm just, I'm just trying to see how I can piece this deal together. You know, and they'll, and they'll be thinking, okay, how do I do that? And in their mind, they're really going over it, right? Yeah. You know, so people are doing this all the time, but calling it different things. Right. Yeah. Cool. So back to Matt. As we look forward, what does success look like for Matt? Uh, more surfing, more skateboarding, more snowboarding, yeah, more traveling, more... <laughs> <laughs> and mixing that with, with, with something that enables me to do, to do that. And, uh, to do all yeah, that. Yeah, I, I actually don't really... Um, I, sorry, excuse me. I don't... I, I don't have big kind of ambitions of dominate this arena, you know, have this huge show, have this, you know, my, 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 Robbins type stuff. No, my, 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 my markers for success are realistically the more, you know, more time to do the things I love doing. 
Right. They're the markers of my success. If I'm good at my job, it will enable me to have more time to spend doing what I'm doing rather than being, I'm so successful because I'm working 362 days of the year. Right. That to me isn't a success for me. For some other people, it may be. For, for me, I'd love to do in, enough of what I'm doing to enable myself to, to I mean, even to do the amount of uh, traveling I do now, I, I, I feel really really happy I'm able to do that I'm very lucky yes uh, you know I, I certainly and your wife's your manager tra- isn't she? yeah she is yeah so does she come travelling with you yeah well this is really interesting because she comes from a corporate finance background she had a great corporate finance job and uh, uh, I, I started a few years ago needing someone to to manage the business side because I, I couldn't be jumping on planes and ships and dashing all over the place doing these things and maintain that business side or build the business side. Right. So we were lucky in the fact that she was able to take a year off as a career break uh, okay. from her corporate job. And let's see if we can lift the business that way. Um, yeah. So in that term, we, we had a bit of a safety net and it, and it worked out fantastically. That was, uh, I think we're now into our fourth year working together. So. What's it like working with your wife? <laughs> I know. As well as your wife being your wife. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know some people joke that their wife's their manager, but yeah. I, no, it's, no, it's no joke. She actually is. Yeah. Uh, you know, talk to my manager. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, no, it, it's great. Look, some people, when you say that, they, they think that they have this idea that you, you, know, you must sit next to each other for 24 hours a day, and that's certainly not the case. You know, uh, we travel together. If, if I'm touring, uh, a round of seminars or if I'm touring a round of shows doing theatres that kind of thing then we'll both tour together or, you know, we'll make it a really nice experience if we're doing two or three weeks maybe we're yeah. touring Queensland or another state then we'll spend that time and we'll fill in days doing some really fun travelling things we're both big travellers uh, but then a lot of the one-off things you know if I have to fly to Sydney to do a uh, you know a corporate event then yeah I'll just do that myself you know I'll, yeah. I'll nip over and then this is you know sometimes I, I do a essentially what is from Perth a 10 hour round flight trip yeah. to do a 45 minute presentation so um, you know that, that travel we don't both need to do that so uh, yeah have you, has it changed your relationship or do you have to put boundaries around it yeah there's a, actually that's an interesting one because it, it's, it's changed the relationship for a lot in the better because what was happening was I had this really crazy way of working where you know one week I might have three or four shows on I might be really just jumping on off planes to get to them and back and then I might have two or three weeks where I, I had quite you know only uh, quite a few gaps yeah. so at which point I'd say ah oh, six days off I might go surfing in Bali next week and, and my <laughs> wife was like oh, I can't go because she had a corporate job where you can't just drop everything so yeah. Uh, in that respect, we, we both get to travel a lot and we both get to also utilize a lot of the events that I work at. You know, we can say, oh, we, we've always wanted to go up to, uh, you know, Cairns together or something. In fact, we, we, we were working in Queensland recently. And we both went over there and we spent a few days around it, snorkeling on the Barrier Reef and doing yeah. those kind of things. So it was great. Um, but um, the other thing when you say about putting boundaries is, it, yes, you, and I think it's like any person who works on themselves you have to be careful to not be available on business terms 24 hours you know it's not like leaving the office and it's done Mm. but so especially when you're working with your partner you don't want to be laying in bed and 11 o'clock at night goes oh did you manage to finalize the contract for that you know it's 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 not it's you know we we, we've got to keep that separate and so you know that's something as we kind of grew into the business together we've realized that we had to like let's let's make this the cut point there's no work talk when we go out tonight this is us going out yeah for a fun night out you know yeah 
What's uh, one thing that uh, people would be surprised to know about you? Ah, this is great. <laughs> I've got quite a few. <laughs> okay. Uh, I'm just trying to think which one to tell you. I'll tell you a couple, maybe. Uh, I pretty much travelled around the world as the world's worst Elvis impersonator. I, I under oh, the yeah. guise of crap Elvis. I accidentally travelled around the world in a $30 Elvis suit and along the way that was quite interesting because I ended up uh, getting escorted out of various uh, very famous places, <laughs> get chucked out of the Louvre in Paris, asked to leave uh, Machu Picchu in Peru. Fantastic. <laughs> ridiculous things. in, in this possessed you to do that? Uh, this, is, this is this thing of like ha- having fun and I've always been on this like, you've got to have fun every day and, and it's one of those things where it was a bit of a joke that just went too far. So... I was leaving radio to do this year round trip and uh, I was having a party at home. There's a leaving party for me and my wife and it was a week, a week party, right? So you know, we went to buy some wigs. I went and bought a wig and when I was there at the checkout there, there's twenty nine ninety nine Elvis suit. I was like, oh, it's hilarious. Elvis suit for $30. I'm going to buy it. Yeah. Got it home and my wife was like, what the hell are you doing? You know, we, we've just quit our jobs. We've got no more money coming in. You've spent $30 on Elvis. So what are, you, what are you doing? I was, well, I'll take it with me, right? And yeah. so, 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 we start, so I thought it would be just a fun thing. Let's get a few photos in front of some interesting places. Yeah. But I was still working with the radio. We had a little bit of chat on the radio about it. Someone called me, heard me and said, hey, did you know when you leave... Uh, Australia next week or a few weeks whatever it was yeah. there's an Elvis festival in Australia around about the same time you're going so it's like is there so we looked into it found yes the weekend uh, we were leaving uh, there was this Elvis festival in country New South Wales so I said let's divert and go to that and I yeah. will try and attempt to become you know lose every competition you know become the worst dressed Elvis yes. the worst Elvis sound alike look at all these things so yeah um, and it started to get a bit of media interest. It was kind of funny. And then, of course, I did. I went and did this. And I end up doing this Elvis competition where um, you were able to sing. And I was able to sing with a full band. But I, I sang a couple of songs which actually were song parodies. But I didn't tell the band that I was going to sell, sing these songs as parodies. Yeah. They just thought it was this guy in a ridiculous Elvis suit about to sing something. So um, it was one of those moments where my wife was like, oh, don't do it, don't do it. The crowd is going to boo you off. And I was like, but that would be hilarious. Would be hilarious. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so consequently, we did that. The crowd kind of got behind it. They got it. The organizers invited me to come back the next year to do a full stage show, which I didn't have. I was like, yeah, I'll do a full show next year. Oh, better write a stage Great. show. And in the meantime, yeah, we kind of did this thing where I took these crazy photos throughout the year. And uh, yeah. Yeah, it was just it ended up in all those UK tabloids and all sorts of bizarre things happened. Yeah, fantastic. So that's one thing most people don't know about. No, about cool. <laughs> what um, what stresses Matt out? Stresses me out. Um, geez, I don't know. There's I find not too much. To, yeah, to believe. <laughs> um, what stresses me out? Um, I don't get too stressed about anything really, but. I do. I do get a bit niggly if I don't see the ocean for a few days. I guess you know. Right. Yeah, I'm, I and as a fellow pom who who lives in Perth and just yeah. has become this beach, you know, fanatic. Yeah. You know, I, it, my life is the beach. I just, 
I can't. I, I still. I'm like a tourist. When I arrived here 20 years ago, 19 years ago, I, you know, I would get into the water with a few friends, and they're like, "Oh, you sound like a tourist," because I'd be there. I can't believe this is amazing. But yes. you know, 19, 20 years later, I'm still here going, "I can't believe this is amazing." So. I guess sometimes if I don't get the chance to, to be near the water or, yeah. or get into it, I, it, it doesn't stress me out, but I certainly like, oh, I can't wait less to. less grounded. Yeah, I, I really need to kind of get back to the ocean. Like, I, just, I just love it, you know. I, I learned all these things. that I do, A lot of these things which are passions now, it all came to me later in life because they didn't, you know, surfing wasn't an option in you know, yep. 40Ks out of central London, you know. No, so. not at all. <laughs> or in the middle of England in Leicestershire. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I think it's probably things that more niggle me rather than stress me. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Super. Yeah, no, because I often ask guests, what the, what's yeah. the one thing they do to ground themselves if they're feeling a bit worked up? So I'd imagine for yes. you that's getting in the ocean. Oh, absolutely, yeah. And and this is, this is where, you, you know, you've got a good wife and a good manager and who happen to be the same person because... Sometimes I'll, I'll I'll fly back from you know a few days away from from doing some events or somewhere, and I'll get home and I'll I'll, I'll walk into the office and, and I'll go oh I've just got to send this and just go no grab your board get to the beach you're still offshore at the moment it's so like, excellent <laughs> okay great did you hypnotise your wife into this state? well well let's just say she still thinks she's married to George Clooney so uh, yeah excellent. so as long as she doesn't hear this we're okay a bit like shallow hell. <laughs> <laughs> So if you could go back to uh, the young Matt when he was um, just about to turn down university and go DJing on a Greek island and give him a piece of advice going forwards, what would it be? Uh, Yeah, just do all those things that other people think you shouldn't do. Just keep doing it. (laughs) Just keep doing it. Yeah. Awesome. I, um, I was very lucky to have very supportive parents who were like, yeah, no, that sounds a great idea. You might not get a chance to do that again. So yeah, why wouldn't you take a, you know, contract in the Greek islands or, you know, you can always do you, all those things, you know, and throughout the, you know, throughout my years, they've always been like, yeah, sure. If, yeah. You want to do that? Yeah. Okay, cool. Whatever. <laughs> um, that's great. You know, and you know, it's, I, I think I've, you know, I think I've done them well in the end, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it seems to have worked out, you know, it's, I, I never had any big major roadmap, but I, I certainly feel like I'm at a place where I, I'm probably at my happiest because I'm, I, I have this thing that I've created myself yes. um, and control myself and it seems to be something that people really enjoy, which is great, you know, to be able to do something that you enjoy and you get your money from and then people enjoy it themselves and, and you know, so whether it's the, you know, doing the 30... 30 shows in a row at fringe festivals or, or or doing these big seminars helping people to you know, get a better results in their business or, or or stopping smoking after 30 years you know all these things are it's taking what yeah, you yeah, it feels good that. it feels good yeah there's yeah. a lot in that yeah yeah there's there is yeah, yeah 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 well matt it it's been super talking to you today thank yeah. you very much for your telling us about um about what you do yes your journey into hip hypnotherapy um, and your stage shows as well it's certainly for me uh, managed to demystify quite a lot of what goes on ah, that's great because it yeah. does look yeah. you know on the surface it can look um, like very scary yes uh, like we said do you want to end yeah. up like a chicken yeah 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 and, yeah, and all yeah, of that yeah. um, so yeah thank you very much absolutely no problem and what I'd like to do if you if you any of the listeners want to go to matthale.com.au yep. slash uh, WA Real 
I'm going to put up some uh, kind of happiness mind hacks. So uh, ways you can kind of implement a few things into your life straight away just to get that mindset. Get those automatic patterns working. Excellent. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. So, um, yeah, thank you to the listeners if you've been uh, hanging in with us there and you've got a bit of gold there at the end from Matt. Um, <laughs> here at WA Real, we, 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 the, the tagline is find yourself in real stories. I think there's tons to find in there, <laughs> certainly about the mind and how you're shaping your, what's yeah. going on about you. Matt, thank you very much for your time. Oh, absolute pleasure, Bryn. Thanks Cheers. so much. Yeah. Take Cheers. You.